Hello, beautiful people. Happy Thursday. Now, this interview, I feel like needs no introduction just because it is so epic. It is with a gorgeous, gorgeous friend of mine that I actually had the massive honor of working with more years ago than I can even accept, to be honest. It was a little while ago. Um, but we worked together when I was in rehearsals for a cruise ship show, and he was a musical director. He is a phenomenal music director also a cellist, also plays piano, also writes his own work as well. He's just so multifaceted, has played in the pits of of Broadway shows. His very first one was Wicked. Wicked! He's just phenomenal. His energy is insane. He is so giving and loving as well in the stories and the tips that he shares as well. So I'm so flippin' excited for you guys to hear this interview. Before we jump into it, for those who don't know me, hello. My name is Hayley Mabry. I am a professional musical theatre performer, successful business owner, and absolute personal development geek. And I hope you enjoy the episode. So guys, for those who don't know Jacob, he's coming in from New York currently, NYC. Do you want to tell a little bit about yourself, introduce yourself, who you are, what you do, why you're so amazing? (laughs) Sure, Uh, I'm Jacob and I work in the city, in New York City. Uh, That's weird to say like to someone that doesn't live here, like the city, you know, like (laughs) London would also be the city, so that's strange, but um, yeah. So I, I work in New York City. Um, I'm a cello player and I'm a music director. And, you know, I went to college for cello um, at a conservatory in in, in the States. Um, and then I worked my way to New York and to, I always wanted to be part of Broadway and that whole thing. And so now I do like a mix of celloing and music directing and stuff. And Haley and I met at Celebrity Cruises. Uh, <laughs> But before the pandemic, I was doing Rock of Ages for like the last year before the pandemic. So that was like a really great gig because it's a great show and it's like so fun to, well, the band is on stage in that one. So we just got to rock out eight times a week on stage. No, it's great. And a wig, and a costume, something that musicians don't always get to do. <laughs> I didn't know you got to wear a wig as well. Oh, yes. <laughs> Can you like describe it for me? Give us a picture. It's like, I'll send you a picture after this, but it's like long brown <laughs> because we're the ages, you know, the 80s music. So we're like a hair band in the show. And oh. it's really very different because I've always wondered what I would look like. Yeah, I mean, I feel like you'd rock it. Hello, hello. Did you oh. lose me? You're back, you're back. You're- Sorry, I have a limit on like social media apps on how much time I can spend on it during the day. And because <laughs> I think last night I was on it past midnight, it already started counting. So it's like, get off. Get like, off. I overrode it though. <laughs> anyway, the wig is wild. It's like a character in and of itself. Like I just whip it around. And when I'm bored, I just really whip it around. <laughs> oh my God. Like whilst playing as well? Yes, yes. Oh. And like, you know, like Rock of Ages, like, it's not like Oklahoma, right? So you don't want to like be conducting like properly the whole time. But I have a camera on me on the stage that people look at me, you know, off stage um, to background vocals. So I have to like disguise my cues as sort of like rock movements. So the wig really helps. Wow. I didn't even think about that if you're on stage having to conduct people side stage but you can't be seen to be conducted that is so cool it's it's a very specific type of gig you know um but i i really love doing it it's like it's so fun and just it's it's a wild show if you've never seen it or don't know anything about it i would highly recommend it because i sort of wrote it off before i was doing it like i was like oh Rock of Age is just another jukebox musical, but in terms of how those shows sometimes go, like it's so meticulously put together and they use the lyrics in such a weird and funny way that it's like, it's almost like an old school musical, you know, <laughs> it's so mm. fun. I love that you said that. I had a very similar thing. So for those who don't know, I did We Will Rock You yeah. before lockdown. Um, and I had a similar thing. I was like, oh, jukebox musical. And to be completely honest, I actually got We Will Rock You and Rock of Age is Confused. Up yeah, until sure. I, up until I got the job. <laughs> hey, right, you're like rock, whatever. <laughs> I know you like rock jukebox musical. We're back. We're back. There you um, go. <laughs> so yeah, I literally had them so confused. But then once you do it, once you get to learn all the intricacies of the show, you yeah. can't you can't not fall in love with it. Of course. 
things. Because it takes a lot of work to put, to make a musical, you know, in general, but especially a musical with not original music. It's like, how are we going to fit this? And some shows are more successful than others, obviously, but, um, <laughs> you know, it, when, it, when they get it right, it's really fun. Oh my gosh, yes, 100%. And I think in my case, you know, the, the real Rocky story isn't perfect, but when you're, when you feel like you're doing a rock concert, yeah. it's never gonna be a bad thing. Right, right. It's like, mm. there's, so many, there's so many aspects to it and like other things that you do really well make up for the other things that are not executed as properly. <laughs> and that's also like, you're, people, people are going into the theater and sitting down, so they have to like, suspend their disbelief a little bit, you know? You can't, you can't be like, this is real life. There's people singing and dancing, okay? So like, let's, <laughs> let's, keep, let's go, let's go, let's get on board or don't. I always feel like with Rock of Ages in particular, like, you know, at the end of the first number, if the audience is on board. And like 90% of the time you've got them, but there's like some, some like Tuesday night show. And then you can tell people just like, did you want to come in here and have a bad time? But then it's like three numbers in, you're like, okay, we got them now, let's go. <laughs> do you find you always get them back eventually? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think so. If you're doing your job, I think you could get them back. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's cool. I'd love to know, actually, I didn't even think about the fact that you're conducting a show with a wig, number one, whilst on stage, whilst playing cello at the same time. But this one, no cello. Oh, it's oh just, so just, what yeah. do you do? What do you do on stage then? Like. Just, just piano, and then like, you know, I'll take my hand off the piano and then do something okay. or like do a lot of head movements and stuff like this. Um, and also a funny part of like how it's done in particular in this production of Rock of Ages, which is the original production of Rock of Ages is in a different theater. But um, the band, ha it, they're all on stage. There's five of us. There's two guitar players, me, a bass and a drummer in like a box. Um, and we have a system, like a tech system, where I can we can speak to each other on stage. There are microphones hidden in the set. And so this is simply because, technically, it's because if, for example, like the guitar two player on the other side of the stage, if his battery pack goes out on the guitar, or if a string breaks, there's a number of things that happen every night when you have like people on stage that you have to look a certain way and you can't just like walk off the stage and be like, oh crap, something happened, right? So the protocol is like him turn around slyly and say to me like, SOS, SOS, I got a string broken, I need a battery. And then someone through a hole in the set will hand me whatever is needed and then we'll covertly over like the next few scenes <laughs> pass it over to, <laughs> over to the person in need. But of course, you know, it's not always things that go wrong. And sometimes we just chat. <laughs> of <laughs> course. A thousand performances of something, you know, you got to keep it fresh in some way. So oh, it's, it's a very interesting conversation on the band mics. <laughs> oh, I bet. That is so funny. And sometimes it's just like, it's just the gimmick of being able to talk into the microphone and communicate with the other person. Like, if you were in a room talking to people normally, it wouldn't be exciting. But because you've got that secret mic, that's so very true and uh, honestly like even sometimes when people like get out of hand if with talking on the microphone if they're particularly bored or feeling a certain way and i have to like rein them in i really don't think it takes away from the show because it really is hidden like even if someone's turning their back you're like what are they doing like they're just probably something with their guitar you know it's 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 kind of a genius like plan because there, like i said there's so many things that can go wrong in any given night or like an actor like they'll break their heel or something and then like i have to tell stage man they tell the guitar player they guitar player tells me iphone stage management like <laughs> <gasps> oh so you're you're like you are the on-stage man yes. you are the man <laughs> that is so cool <laughs> pretty fun it's really it's not a show you can like be sleeping through doing what i'm doing you know we gotta have to be always aware and awake and like cued into what is going on wow oh my gosh that's a whole thing itself so you're on stage for the entire show yes how long is the show it's about two hours and 40 minutes really but <laughs> it's like it's not short <laughs> And so for anyone that's ever been on a stage for five minutes, you'll know how exhausting that is. Yeah. Like, there's something about just because you're on show, you've got to have a certain kind of persona, you've got to yeah. be hyper aware 
of yeah. people's heels breaking in ca- especially because you are like you are the man like we said like right. that takes so much mental energy it really does and i i was it's an interesting thing to like talk about like musicians in general in theater like doing also actors you know it's just a different thing for actors because i find that most actors depending on the show some shows like you're on stage the whole time as well so depending Mm -hmm. on what role you are but most actors right you come on you do your bit you can go back to your dressing room chill for a second but when you're trapped on the stage doing the same thing over and over again it really like it's interesting to see what your brain does to make make it okay to make your life okay you know like your brain often like will want to check out or you'll remember like after the show or something you're like I was thinking about this the entire time but I also did the show and like I don't even remember doing this (laughs) very strange but yeah I always like feel also that after the show like I'm so amped up because there's so much energy and like so much focus that it's really hard to come down from that so like when I was doing the show like I would not go to sleep until like two in the morning and like that was a normal thing right then the pandemic hit and I was like oh maybe I should have a real person's bedtime and like get used to not like having that performing high at night you know it's just it's a completely different lifestyle now <laughs> oh same here i go to bed at like 9 30 now i don't know yeah. who i am yeah i really don't <laughs> coming from the ships and stuff too before you were doing all your land stuff like that's that's a different life as well i'm sure oh like, my gosh yeah it, it's it's the same like you said like you come off from the show i mean i'm not sure about you but i can't really have a meal before i do right. the show so you right. don't have dinner so yeah. after your show, that's when you're having dinner, like 11 o'clock at night, sometimes yeah. 12 o'clock at night. And it's then just... you can't go to bed straight after you finish your <laughs> meal. <laughs> you watch a bit of TV or you hang out right. and have some drinks. Like, yeah. it ends up being 2 o'clock. That's just, that's just normal, really, isn't it? I know. <laughs> it's, it's such a weird thing that we do. <laughs> it is mental. It is such a crazy life. Crazy life. So do you find, like, the hype after the show is different? from you being on the stage rather than being in the pit. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I find mm-hmm. like the the pit like vibe amongst musicians. Cause I've done like shows like Wicked, for example, that I've been running for like ever. <laughs> you know? yeah. I think it's like 15 years now here, but um, that vibe there is like just so different. Like you, you mm-hmm. de- certainly, first of all, you feel, you feel the difference, right? You are like, 10 to 15 feet below the stage so there is like a difference between being on it and what's happening up there and like you being down there so it's a lot easier and you're in the dark you're like enclosed by a silicone like box basically for like audio soundproofing and stuff and so it's like a very solitary like divided thing and uh, for me it's still great because like I know that I'm part of the uh, upstairs stuff um, but I do think for a lot of musicians that maybe aren't as interested in what's going on upstairs and on the stage, it's so much easier to like check your phone between numbers, to walk out of the pit. Like it's wild what people will do. But if you're doing something for 16 years, like mm. you've got to do what you got to do, I guess, you know, to remain sane. I've seen people read books and never look at the music at Wicked. Like ser- truly never want like the paper. <laughs> the music was not open because they've been with it since the original the day one so it's like while my first reaction is like don't you need to pay attention i'm also like i get it like i've never done anything over and over again for 16 years (laughs) no exactly literally nothing except breathing yeah yeah right Right. And then I guess that's that's the same, right? Because we don't think about breathing. So I guess you don't have to think about playing Defying Gravity for the millionth time. (laughs) I can't even imagine, like, I can only think of singing, but like singing Defying Gravity as easily as if it was breathing. I know. Imagine. Oh my gosh. (laughs) <laughs> you know, before I even played at any Broadway show or anything, you know, like a lot of musicians like to sit in the pit to learn how it's like, to see it firsthand, and blah, blah, blah. And there's like really nice musicians that let you sit next to them. But the, pur- the purpose of that is that you follow along with the music. But one person in particular just never had the music out. I was like, okay, this is oh my still gosh. Cool, But like, I don't know what's going on. So I need to learn how to do the show and read a book. This is my yeah. track. Like you'd be looking at that thinking that's what you're meant to do. Multitasking. Supreme yeah. Multitasking. 
while people are paying, you know, $300 for a ticket or something. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! To each their own, you know. That is mental. So we could, I think, is that what you did for straight out of uni? Yeah, yeah, it was the first Broadway show I played in. Yeah, and I played. Wow. I just solo on that one. My dream is actually to like music direct, be the proper music director of Wicked, just because it was also the first like show that I ever saw. You know, so it holds a very special place in my heart, layered special place in my heart. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! How did, because I know your your goal when you left uni was to do Broadway. Like that was, that yeah. was and to do, are we safe to say like the most famous musical? <laughs> yeah. Broadway? Straight well, away? It's pretty wild. I mean, yeah, it's the musician scene though is so different than the actor thing. Like we don't, and I'm pretty sure it's like this over in England as well, but we don't have auditions. We don't have for, for Broadway, for Western stuff. We don't have auditions. We don't, it's literally who you know, and it's like networking and being a good person for, first and foremost. And yeah. like, cause everybody here is like talented. So it's, it's like a weird thing to like realize that. And mm -hmm. like the faster you do, if you like move to New York and want to do this thing, the better, because like you can spend your energy and time getting to like build relationships and getting to know people, hire up people in the field that might have something that they could throw you. You know, there's always random, th aside from the pandemic, there's always random things that need to <laughs> musically. So, and that's just literally what happened. You know, I was like working as like a music assistant, basically. Like I would be going and getting coffee for this guy, um, the music director of Wicked at the time. And like, I just kind of weaseled my way into a reading of a new musical and he was the music director. And then we made, we got, we were friends. And you know, I was, I started as getting coffee. Then I started moving up to like rehearsal piano stuff. Then he was like, can you also play cello for this reading? Then he was like, can you do some copy work, finale, you know, writing music into the computer. And then by the point we were just like done with the reading, he was like, you know, you're a good cello player. Like, would you be interested in coming to sub at Wicked? And, you know, I was like, what? <laughs> what? Come again? Because <laughs> I, I also like make a disclaimer that that's not usual like that that quickness it's just uh, uh, who knows what happened if it was luck or if i just had the right people giving me the right advice to say like you know it is about networking if you don't have someone telling you that it can be like why can't i get this job just because i'm a good musician in new york but like that's that's only part a very small part of it so i knew that i need to cultivate these relationships most people they say like if you move to new york there's a lot of naysayers that are like it'll take you 10 years to play on broadway and it's yeah. like i don't know like <laughs> Well, clearly not. <laughs> right, right. Clearly it's also, this has changed. There's like a lot of young people now that like want to do this. A lot of older people in the industry like never wanted, they always wanted to be in the classical symphonies and stuff. They never wanted to be in the pits. They never wanted to be on stage for sure. And you know, when, when there's people that move to the city and they're like, they want to do this, it, it can be a fresh air, you know, a uh, breath of fresh air to, to have somebody excited about a job. Wow. I think that is such a key tip that you said about networking just then. Because I, I mean, I've been that person that's been like, I'm practicing, I can sing this high, I can do this, I can do that, but I'm not being hired for this musical. Like, right. <laughs> but you took that extra step. I think that's yeah. so, so powerful. And I, I believe it for actors too, you know, like I, I often play auditions for shows, for Broadway shows, and for even for non-union tours or regional theater things, which I'm sure are called different things over where you are, but like, you know, <laughs> on the West End, you know, anything will audition in New York, finding people and nine times out of 10, it's just like, oh yeah, hey, like I saw you in this, we talked after the show, you were so sweet. Like, why don't you sing another song? Would you be available? Can I give you the contract? <laughs> you know, it's like, it really rarely happens when someone comes in cold and then they you just get what you want, you know? It's, yeah. it's there's a lot more things at play, which is good and bad. Um, because I think a lot of schools and stuff teach you, like, as long as you're the best of the best, you're going to get what you want. But I don't know that that's necessarily true <laughs> or helpful, you know? Yeah, I totally agree. And it can be such a powerful part in getting you the job. And it's yeah. not like, it's a, I think, for, I mean, for me, because I'm a massive introvert, like networking is a difficult, scary thing. Yeah. 100%, yeah. especially with like, you know, the MD of Wicked, for example. That's a scary of thing. Of course. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it but... It's, it's doable and it makes such a difference. 
Yeah, and there's like such a specific way to go about it. Like it's scary also if you think, if you know that you're being false, right? If you know that you're just trying to use someone, that's never gonna feel good. You know, you actually have to want to like cultivate relationships because you love what you're doing because you love your craft and you're looking to get better and you're looking to make these connections in like a meaningful way. And then that's what people will remember, you know, when it comes time to hand out contracts, you can't, you can't be using people. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Don't use people, everyone. <laughs> Don't use people. <laughs> but I think what you did, you found a way to be helpful. Yeah, yeah. That's and, you know, did, did the jobs that weren't the jobs that you wanted to do, necessarily. Right. You know, making those copies and all those kinds of things. Yeah. But just being of value to that person. I, yeah, that's like blowing my whole mind. You have no idea. Yeah. Pretty, <laughs> pretty wild. <laughs> I mean, there's been, like, much darker times where things didn't work out or I got, like, let go from something for some strange, unknown reason that will never be known, you know? But, like, <laughs> you got to accept those times, too, because this business is just pretty brutal sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you're going to accept the good times, you've got to accept the bad times as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're, like, you're dropping truth bombs left, right, and center right now. This is so good. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like dodge them there's so many <laughs> so yeah. i was trying to like i was actually i meant to say this in my introduction to you but i got so like overwhelmed and excited you played with some flipping brilliant people yeah sure like just off the top of my head shoshana bean natalie weiss yeah yeah, yeah. Is, are there other people that i've missed as well oh i don't know i mean like right now i'm like Right now I'm working on this like crazy project that is like marking the year anniversary of the shutdown of, of the Broadway shutdown. So we're going to do this big event in Times Square where, you know, it's like, we will be back. That's like the title of it. But I just, I somehow got contacted to work with, like work on the music, put all the music together because it all has to be pre-recorded and COVID and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like, I'm working with like Lilius White. I don't know if you're familiar with her, but she was like one of the the Greek, uh, the urn ladies in the Hercules movie. And like literally like the original production of Once on this Island, How to Succeed in Business, like original production of The Wiz. She was the understudy for Dorothy, but she's historic. And I'm like, oh my gosh, she's crazy. It's crazy. Um, and Tom Kitt who wrote Next to Normal, like we're just like virtually working together right now in the middle of a pandemic. I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> <laughs> wow. But it you know, that's that's also a really cool part of the business because you just encounter these people that you kinda idolized for a long time and it's just you're like, Oh wait, it's happening, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, accept the good times. That's a flipping good time, so we're gonna accept yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. I love that. <laughs> also just like a great friend she's my little dog's outside but she's a great friend she's an incredible singer i mean for anybody that's watching if you're not familiar with her just literally look at her instagram watch her coach people and like sing and riff it's it's wild like but new york is like that you just like you know you interact with people and you realize they're people right? <laughs> everybody's like a human so to get what we need to do done or let's be friends or let's not <laughs> yeah or not yeah <laughs> but yeah literally everybody is human i love that that's so cool wow. <laughs> i can't even can't even imagine that's that's insane okay i'm like we've gone so far from the list of questions that i had i don't even know where uh. i am <laughs> so far okay oh one of the questions i had written down because i know i feel like you're one of those people that music's just been part of your entire life yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. What's your what's your earliest memory to do with uh, music? The earliest memory of music is like this, like you know, I don't know, <laughs> do this sort of thing where you come from, but um, like new parents like will take their children to these like children's music classes where like some lady or man or whatever will like be at the front of the room and like hitting tambourines and like shaking maracas and dancing with scarves and it's like this very strange thing but my parents definitely put me in one of those and like the mom's there you know the dad sits there and then like like these children you're just like watching basically because you're a literal child but yeah. sort of definitely put me on a certain track i think because it was a very or i don't know what age it was but it was definitely always part of 
what I knew, you know, music. I don't remember ever being like, oh my gosh, what's music? It was just there. It's so, I'm very um, glad they took me to that class. That is so funny that you said that. The lady with the scarves and the tambourine. I've literally, I've been that lady. Yes. I've taught those classes before, yeah. so I know exactly what you Yeah. But it's like, it's so important, right? Because you just ask what memory is that like, I here I am at 28 and I'm like doing this with my life so obviously it did something <laughs> clearly it worked those scarves worked the magic <laughs> I just I specifically remember the scarf like I see it it's kind of like see-through it was kind of yeah. just like this magical thing floating <laughs> I literally have my scarves in the cupboard like <laughs> no joke <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> So are your are your family musical? No, flat oh. out. My brother is is um, studying violin performance right now in college. But and my sister did some growing up. Like she started with piano, did a little bit of cello, um, but it didn't really stick with her. Um, but my my grandma she did play like organ and piano at a church, but okay. that wasn't necessarily like a huge part of me growing up. She's always very supportive of me learning, but I don't think I ever really clocked that maybe I got some like musical blood from her. But mm. yeah, it's always been very strange because my both my dad and my mom are like, certainly not musical. <laughs> wow. And yeah, I feel like with you, it literally, it literally your blood is made of music. Yeah, so yeah, right. Being more musical. Mm. It's, and it's also weird, I think that you know, non-musical parents would be so supportive of like putting their ch children or child through, through all the, because mu learning music is expensive, unfortunately, you know, like it, there comes a point where you like, you have to pay for this, you have to pay for that. So like, I don't really, I, I wonder why they were so willing, you know, I don't think we've ever like t had a proper talk about that. It just was accepted. <laughs> <laughs> just was what it was. Yeah. yeah. Wow, that is so fascinating, my goodness. Yeah. So I was actually, I was giving you a bit of a stalk. Like, I know obviously we know each other, but I was trying to think of like some really intelligent questions to ask oh. you. And I found this interview that you did. I oh, think yeah. you were in your last year of uni uh -huh. or college or whatever you call oh. it in America. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you were working on a show called Metamorphosis. Oh my gosh, you really got dug in there. Yeah. I went deep, let me tell you. Um, <laughs> and that was, well, you were talking all about how you'd written the music for it. Um, yeah. But I mean, you hadn't even really written it. You came up with it and like you never yeah. wrote it down. So yeah. you could kind of imp improvise as the show went on. And I thought that was so cool. That is so, so cool. that you mentioned that. I love that. Um, yeah, it was a really cool project. And like, I don't know, I don't know if Metamorphosis ever got done in London, but it's like, it's Mary Zimmerman, I think, who wrote it. But the cool thing, the crazy thing about it is like a retelling a bunch of all, all these uh, Greek myths. And it yeah. took place, the original production, in a pool like on a stage. <laughs> Wait, the pool was, no, the stage was on the pool? Be into the water, but like mm. there was a deck around a pool and a lot of people would like emerge from the pool or people would <laughs> dive into the pool and they would go, they would be gone, you know? So our college, like wild place, like they somehow had the money to make a pool on the stage. So they did that and they had hoisted me and my cello, like on a platform in the air above the pool. And I just sat there and played the cello the whole time. It was wild. What? Okay, I did not find this out in my research. Wow. No, so how not... high in the air were you? It wasn't that high. It was like pretty stable, obviously, for safety. Because I was like, I'm not trying to like get thrown into this pool. <laughs> With my cello? Yeah, no, no. way. No, thank you. I don't even remember. It was just like enough to like differentiate between um oh there did i did you freeze did i freeze i can still hear you i just your face is giving me a little oh, oh you're back you're back there we go <laughs> yeah it wasn't su super high but like yeah the cool thing was that they just like randomly asked this you know me to like make a score for it and i had never done anything like that before but i was like it certainly sounds like something i would love to be able to do so might as well try and i think it turned out really cool the only regret that i have is that i never wrote it down like in a lot of places do this show and i think it was like a really cool concept to kind of like respond musically to the actors on the stage and stuff while while having a, a skeleton of what i knew 
what were certain themes for characters and tried to help tell the story. But it would change depending on like if someone made a different choice, you know, every night. But since then, though, I mean, I don't, I've, I've really started in the pandemic to get back into like writing music. And that's been like always something that I knew I wanted to do, but it can be incredibly like um, overwhelming. And like, it's like, where do you start with something like that? And the pandemic really has given me a chance to like go back to that and figure out like, how do you do it? Like, okay, like force yourself to do this, put yourself in this mental space and write something. It's, it's pretty wow. cool. That is super cool that you've done that. That you've been like, this is something I wanted to do for so long. Now in these weird times, I actually have the gift of time. Right. Time is so important. Cause like oh in these big cities where you're just running around trying to make money and try to stay afloat. Like it's so hard. You can't just take time to sit at your piano and like write your feelings. And now I have too much time to do that. So maybe we'll meet in the middle <laughs> in the next few months. <laughs> I love that. I mean, is there anything, as far as it's top secret, is there anything you can share with us about what you're working on? Oh, yeah, sure. Um, I, don't, I don't know. I haven't really been that open with it, but um, I have this, like, crazy obsession with Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> That's like, not crazy. <laughs> right, exactly. She's incredible. And, like, no matter what your sort of knowledge is of her, everybody, like, looks at her in a fond way or, like, you know, in, in a tragic, like, there's, there's certain, she's very evocative, right, as a figure. And I just know entirely too much about this, <laughs> this person. And I'm just obsessed with every like aspect of her life and who she was and how unfortunate it was that she was she died when she did and it's just how weird the circumstances around that were. And, you know, I loved Smash. I loved all that stuff on shelf. I'm so glad you said that. Smash, all oh, that. favorite TV show ever. So I, it's a long story, but I, my boyfriend is a is an actor and I went and saw him in a show in a reading and it was at this place called the actor studio in New York and Lee Strasberg started this it's a very famous like, acting school and Marilyn studied there and like she was very close with Lee Strasberg and she actually left her whole estate to him after she died which is like a very interesting part of her life like to her acting teacher instead of like various others in her life right and when I saw him in this show right before the lights went down this elderly elderly woman was like ushered to her seat and like she really was having trouble walking but she was incredibly glamorous and my brain just like went crazy and i was like what if she didn't die you know what if she just needed to get rid of the Marilyn? like what if she just wanted to like give it all up and then go live her life as like a patron to the arts in New York under some other name. And so I started exploring this idea that like, that was reality, you know? And I started writing this show um, that explores that. And she kind of, she comes into contact with a person that is like similar to me in nature, like a gay person who's dealt with a bunch of like trauma that they actually end up bonding together and helping um, each other move through it. And it's, it's an interesting idea. I think it's very complicated because we kind of want to explore like never saying for sure if this woman is Marilyn Monroe. And I want it to be the audience's decision after the show. So writing that is very difficult. That's complicated, <laughs> yeah. Big. And I, I, we have a, a few songs and it's, I'm writing with my friend, Melissa, um, who also has a really strange Maryland connection. Like her mom works for the state of, of Marilyn Monroe. Like she works with Lee Strasberg's wife who now is in control of it. And somehow Melissa and I are friends. So it's all got this like super university sort of vibe around it. So I'm looking forward to like keep going with it and see what we can make, you know? I literally got chills <laughs> when you said you saw that woman in the theater. I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. <laughs> Can't you know, because Marilyn has that like extra, like that it factor, right? That you would, you would see a woman like that and be like, oh my God, like, what is that? And this woman had it, you know? I was like, if she, it just got my brain like going crazy. So I was like, I got to go with this. <laughs> oh my gosh. But then also like, could it actually be real? Right. Because oh my gosh. I don't know about any Maryland conspiracies. Look it up. There are plenty. There are wild things. Oh, Everybody really? happened in a certain way. But what most people are certain of is that she did not intend to die. 
you know, and that's what people have officially said, but there's just no, it, all the signs of her life just really didn't point to that. So it's, it's an interesting idea to explore while also trying to like honor the memory of her too. Cause I don't, you know, I don't want to be like crazy conspiracy theorist, but <laughs> I'm trying to tell this like story about human connection and about like a, a young gay person, like finding this, this older woman and they need each other. They need each other to help each other break out of their bad patterns and emotional trauma. <laughs> oh my gosh. As soon as it's out, I'm flying over and coming to see this. Yeah. Wow. I'm like, <laughs> I can't tell you how excited I am. That sounds insane. <laughs> I know, right? It's like, <laughs> but I'm just going to keep going. We're just going to see what happens, you know? So are you writing the book and the music? I'm writing the mu music and the lyrics, and my friend Melissa is writing the book. Um, yeah, it's wild. <laughs> that is huge. What a cool project, though. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah, it's been a nice, you know, distraction to throw yourself into again in, in COVID yeah. time. So, yeah. So fun. <laughs> it's very cool. Wow. Yeah, I need to like process that a little bit later. That is epic. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I love that. Alright, I need to keep reverting back to my list of questions because I'm so like losing track. Oh. Okay. <laughs> we nearly through them though. We've done well. Oh good. <laughs> we have done really, really well. Yeah. Um I, I always love to ask this when I chat to really obviously successful musicians, performers like yourself, because you are yeah. been amazing. Um especially people like you that have experienced so many cool things, so sure. many cool things. And it's a hard question to answer. If you had to pick one thing, one experience as the highlight of your career. Oh, wow. What would it be? Wow, 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 wow. I know, it's tricky. I always feel bad asking it because they're all epic, you know? It's <laughs> tricky. Hmm. I'm sure I'll like answer it and like remember something different or whatever. But um, I will say something that like certainly meant it's probably, you know, between like, feeling like you played Wicked for the first time, you know, on Broadway, like that, that was like all I ever wanted. So it was like weird to do that. <laughs> like that was a very weird experience, but incredible, like looking back on it. But it's also like very stressful, you know, because it's your first time. And also part of the musician thing is like, you don't get rehearsal, right? So you, you pop in and if you're good, you're good, you keep going. If you're bad, that's the end, you know? So that was like, okay. while it was a big life achievement, it was like very complicated <laughs> emotionally. <laughs> but I think like the one that I look for, look back, like what the most fondness is, I did, um, I subbed cello on the revival of Spring Awakening. And um, that production in particular was just so crazy because they, it was a Deaf West production and they really they incorporated sign language into the telling of the story. Michael Arden directed it. And so half the characters were actually deaf and half the characters were their voices. So like you always heard the score and the script as it was but there were certain pairings and stuff like a, like a hearing actor would follow the deaf actor around and like aid them somehow in the storytelling. And it was just a crazy, incredible take on um, Spring Awakening. And, you know, for so many people, Spring Awakening, like around our age is like, whoa, like it's so, it deals with so many things that I think teenagers deal with. So I always had such a love for Spring Awakening. And I was like, oh, I love this music. It's so emotional. I have these characters. I'm so yeah. My parents don't do anything. Oh. So <laughs> when I could do that show on Broadway, and then like, on top of that, you were on stage. The strings were in like a hole in the set on stage and you can look out and see the audience. And the most emotional part was at the end of Totally Fucked, like the big number. Um, like there's a lot of deaf people that were seeing a musical for the first time, right? Because like you can't often go and see like a sign language interpreter there. Like it's just not really conducive for that sort of situation but this one was and so a lot of deaf people came and instead of the clapping people did the this and just seeing a whole Broadway theater doing this it's just it's like I'm still thinking about it it's it's really wild 
And then that led, not that particularly, but I ended up working on Duncan Sheik and Steven's next show, Alice by Heart. And so like that, that pairing, always knowing that I was like, I loved his music. I loved the way they told stories, you know, that sort of like line in my life has been like very cool. <laughs> very, very cool. Wow, I love that. Wow, because there's a lot of emotions tied up in that. That's huge. Yeah. <laughs> huge. Like being in like a, you know, I, in Kentucky where I go come from is like very Southern and very sort of like, it's a great place, you know, but there's a lot of complicated political leanings and stuff that go on there and always feeling out of place. Spring Awakening like definitely meant so much to me. Oh my so. God be able to trace that from those early days to like now and like after the pandemic I'm supposed to do another show with them like it's 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 a cool thing in my life that I'm like very grateful for <laughs> oh that is epic oh I love that okay. look there's the Alice by Heart poster <laughs> oh yeah oh my gosh also listen to that recording if, if anybody's never heard that the, like class recording is on Spotify and I just assume everywhere else but it's like a great recording and we just did it off Broadway and it, it's a very complicated show um, but it deals with London and World War II and tuberculosis and all this stuff and it's a retelling of Alice in Wonderland but the white rabbit is running out of time because he's dying of tuberculosis and Alice is trying to save him and trying to give them more time and that's why she goes into the into wonderland and it's a it's a very intense show um we, we didn't transfer it to broadway or anything but there is some talk about maybe it coming over across the pond at some point so <laughs> that'd be oh, cool that'd be amazing because i haven't heard it i need to listen Go ahead the music is like otherworldly very very pretty oh, i also wow. play steel drum in that music <laughs> you play the steel drum yes Mainly the cello, and then I was the associate conductor, so I would conduct it sometimes, and another person would play cello, but I had a steel drum solo. <laughs> that was me. <laughs> I, was I would stand up there. and do like 30 seconds of this, and then sit back down. <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes that's like the highlight of the show, isn't it? Just doing something a bit different. Yeah. Like random. light on me, too. Like, we were like, there, it was like, here we go. And now is my... <laughs> Weird. And the, I remember Doug and Ching being like, can, who can play the steel drum? And I was like, me. I want to do it. <laughs> Had you played steel drum before? No. <laughs> but I just knew that there was like certain holes or certain like indentations for certain pitches. So I was like, how far can it be? <laughs> I don't mean drum players listening. <laughs> I'm sure it's a very difficult instrument. I only had to play four notes over and over and over again. <laughs> so, so it wasn't too difficult? No. For four notes. That's good. That is so funny. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. My very last question for you. I've enjoyed this so much, by the way. Yes, me so too. For this. I feel like we've just been so overdue a catch-up for so long anyway. I know. It's so wild. I can't even believe that the last time I saw you or heard you really was on that ship doing Max, I believe. <laughs> oh, great memories, great memories. <laughs> I know, I know. Because <laughs> I, I was actually trying to remember, I was like, which ship? Because you know when you do a few ships, they just Yeah, of course, of course. I believe it was Reflection. It was my very first ship. Yeah. Um, and I, because I, I was actually, I was scrolling through your feed just to double check. I'm like, I think yeah. it was there. <laughs> and I came across the video that you posted of me singing when, yeah. when the, my, <laughs> So guys, basically, I was dressed as a mound of leaves, basically, um, in in this section of the show. It's actually a beautiful show. I really flippin' right. loved that show. It was really great. And this show kind of went through the different seasons. And so I was dressed as autumn. I was covered with leaves and I had like this hat that was made of sticks that was really, really high and very, very strange. It would never stay on my head. Um, and as I was singing like this top B or something like that, I was being lifted up into the sky by two strong men very, very fun. And my hat literally fell off, like, as I was singing this top note, as I was being lifted into the sky, at the front of the stage. And then one of our gorgeous dancers, Emily, literally picked it up and, like, improved her way off the stage. And it was just the most epic thing ever. Oh, yes. I, forgot. I forgot about the dancing off of the hat. I'm going to oh. find you as soon as we hang up. Because, <laughs> like, 
like you said, like just with um, rock and papers, you know, if, if someone's heel breaks or someone drops something, mm-hmm. you can't leave it on the stage. Like you've yeah. got to do something about it because it's a trip hazard. Yep. We're going to be dancing, <laughs> leaping, rolling. And so Emmeline literally did the most glorious improv. <laughs> like, get rid of that pile of sticks that was meant to be on my head. It was <laughs> so funny. Wow. Good time. <laughs> I can't believe how long ago that was. That was absolutely mental. I know, it's crazy. And the, uh, another crazy thing about the celebrity reflection is that my boyfriend, before, right before I met him, he went and sailed with his family on the celebrity reflection over somewhere in like, when it went to like Norway or something like this. But I was like, he was, he was saying one day, you know, like we went on a cruise. I was like, what line? He was like, celebrity. I was like, oh, what ship? And he was like, the reflection. I was like, that was like my thing. Like, what? That's crazy. So he saw people that I had taught like in, we didn't know each other yet, so it's so strange. Wow, there's so many elements of symmetry in your life right now. I feel. I like I like that, and I feel like I'm also just like I s- try really hard to recognize them when they happen. You know, I th- I'm sure it's like everybody's life has a lot of that, but you have to be like kind of open to seeing it and like embracing it. And I certainly am, maybe too much. No, I love that. I love that you embrace that. I think that's really cool. Yeah. God, how crazy that he was on that ship. Yeah, and right. now, like wow. of all ships in the world, there's a lot of cruise ships in the world, people. <laughs> I know. Just like, yeah, oh, I did a cruise once. Like, yeah, that is mental. <laughs> wow, that is absolutely crazy. All right, okay. My last question. Yes. I don't want to It's been so fun. Yeah. <laughs> my last question is kind of what we kind of touched on before a little bit for people that are because we've got a lot of different types of performers that listen to the podcast, follow yeah. us on Instagram, of course, as well. For people that are either wanting to get into MD work, wanting to play in musicals or in shows, mm-hmm. what would you say is the best thing they can do with their time, the gift of time they've been given right now? Yes, that's a good question. That's a really good question. Um, honestly, like the, the thing that I found the most valuable and like my breaking into this was like, we talked about the relationships, right? But the mm-hmm. part that I didn't speak about was that in high school when I sort of realized that I wanted to do this, I looked at the Wicked cast recording and I found out who the musicians were. And I was like, cause somebody has to be playing this music, right? Like that makes sense. Who are they? Like, it sounds like fun music to play. That was literally like my brain, like trying to figure it out. Cause I didn't know that you could make a living playing music for shows, right? Mm. So I reached out on Facebook <laughs> to, to one of the piano players. Um, and long story short, he kind of, he was so nice. Um, and he sort of like gave me little bits of like information and advice over the next few years as I finished high school, moved to college and we stayed in touch. When I would visit New York, we would like grab a coffee. And he was just kind of giving me these vital pieces of information about how the business works and like what you should be doing. And honestly, like, not everyone is that nice. You know, some people just are rude. Some people won't respond. But honestly, I just think if you're a good person, you're inquisitive and really want to do something, like start finding people that have careers that like you would want to model yourself of and reach out. You know, I always love it when people ask me for advice or like want to chat about this thing because it's so weird, right? Because you can't really study. There's some music direction programs um, that are out there now, but usually they're graduate programs in the States. And like, there's certainly no instrumental music programs that are like grooming you to be a Broadway musician. They're all classical based. So it's, it's a big thing. So the only way you can learn about this is by asking questions. So I think don't be afraid to just like, you know, put together a professional email, reach out to people. Do like YouTube is your best friend, you know, like seeing who's playing in these videos at 54 below and at so-and-so and blah, 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 blah. It just doesn't hurt to reach out, I think. That's, um, that might be an unpopular opinion <laughs> based on no. whoever is the you know, sensibilities you talk to, but I think that is super valuable. Then you can get like hands-on advice about what you need to know coming here, you know, um, how you can get what you want and like, just have someone in New York know your name or London or wherever, you know, I think that's, that's huge. It can be like a really good um, door opener because like, like I said, there's always things that need to be done outside of COVID, whether it's like, I need someone to go get my coffee. I need somebody to write this music to the computer. And like, they genuinely look for new people, right? Because there's not often a ton of money to pay that type of role. So they're looking for really enthusiastic people who know what they're doing. And 
in a pandemic, you can take the time to learn how to do Finale, to learn how to do Logic, GarageBand, Ableton, like all of these things that would take you a long time to like learn in the real world. So why not like dive in right now, you know? I think that's that's literally the best tip you could have given, hundred yeah. percent. I was reading this book the other day that was it was nothing to do with music, but you know, saying you know, sort of, like you kind of said, surround yourself by people that are where you want to be. Yeah. Um, and even like you know, people will normally actually be honoured if you ask for their advice. Yeah. And you know, even like offer to buy them dinner. And yeah. Their brain while they while they eat. You know, and if they don't have time for that, like say like, okay, would you mind answering a few questions virtually, you know, and just really, but you know, just making it a, a very specific individual um, reach out. It, it, don't do a blanket like, hi, so-and-so, I'm so-and-so, like where you just copy and paste, you know, you need to spend some time like saying like, I really loved your work on this and I'd like to reach out to you to learn more about this, <laughs> you know? And, yeah. and, really spot when someone's being genuine and it's like who wouldn't respond to that when if they in a nice way 100 percent, and finding ways to serve them offer them value as well i think that's yeah. huge yeah yeah what can you you it's it's not like yeah what can you give emotionally back to them what what why should they invest their time in you you know making mm -hmm. that very clear is like Yes. Oh, that is gold. Like I said, there's so many like truth bombs, gold nuggets, like flipping everywhere. <laughs> like, this has been amazing. Thank you so much. You. I love talking. So, <laughs> <laughs> so do I. So do I. <laughs> no, but this really has been so much fun. I mean, is, is there any last words that you want to share with the people of, of podcasts and Instagram? No, not really. I just think, you know, there's there's a lot of jobs in theater and there's like a lot of ways if you don't see yourself on the stage, there's a lot of other things that are that make that event happen. So get in there, figure out what it is you where your place in this world is. And then like once you find it, people will welcome you, you know. It's not some like scary it can be very scary, but it's not like we need we need you. We need everyone, especially outside of a pandemic, you know, when a lot of people are like, I took this time to sort of give up or like move on and do other passions, you know, the, the playing field sort of level these days. And I think it's a great time to sort of get back in. Right. And I imagine after the COVID, after things start opening back up and stuff, there's going to be a sort of boom of arts things. Like it's going to be a Renaissance. So there's going to be a lot of things to sort of work on and work towards. So go for it. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And lots of new work like yours. Yeah. Yeah. Come to soon. Hopefully. You heard it. <laughs> <laughs> Jacob, you're amazing. Thank you so much. I know your time is so precious, but I appreciate it so much and sharing your wisdom and just seeing your gorgeous face again. <laughs> yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. This has been a nice time. And that, guys, is the amazing Jacob. If you enjoyed this episode, please tag us in your stories, share it, love it, whatever you like to do, just get it out there. We appreciate it so, so much and have the most wonderful day. Mwah. Lots of love.